everybody i'm steven moo hey it's cow matt hi cow moo 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 welcome back into the ratcast everybody which you've happened upon now is going to be the first edition of uh, a series we hope to continue because if you didn't know already uh, matt and i are big fans ever since we were kids have been big fans of shitty media um mm-hmm. so <laughs> that not shitting media. Exactly. We're not in, not into scat scat play or yeah, anything exactly. like that. That stuff that stuff is disgusting and nobody should ever cop to liking it. <laughs> anyway, it's gross. Don't cop to the copulation of a scat scat scat. That's for that's for Nickelodeon. Oh right. Um, that's, it's like we're now back to Rugrats. <laughs> yeah, Rugrat. It's Rugrat scat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Any, okay, we're, what are we talking about? Okay, we love... Radcast Dollar Rentals. Yeah, we are a huge fan of crappy media, um, and that includes um, movies. Most notably. Course. Most notably movies. We we consume anything from, you know, anything you'd find on, like, we this YouTube channel that we've been watching for, like, the last 10 years. Everything is terrible. Yeah. In Instagram, Red Letter Media, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. We're fans of all these things that really just capitalize on shitty media there's some, and movies. There's something so. appealing about things that are trying so hard to be sincere right. and they just miss the mark. I exactly. don't know why. It's just so funny I think to it's me. just in, it's human nature to just like train wrecks. Sure. Um, and at one point or another, it's going to be hard to find people who don't like something bad, even if it's yeah. something crappy that's supposed to be bad, like those stupid Sharknado movies. Yeah, th- those are very self-aware, though. Yeah. I, and- I like I like movies that aren't self-aware, that are just... They're trying to be good, but they're not. Like you said, they're done. They're done in earnest in yeah. some way, but they just miss the mark yeah. by like miles. That those are the bad movies I yeah. like. So we are getting into subjects that we've been wanting to do for a while, but didn't know when we should implement it because we've been riffing on bad movies and stuff like that since we were kids. It honestly could be a whole podcast. Yeah, like because um, we have so we have a gauntlet yeah. of just bad we have there's there's a bandolier of bad movies we, that we could we choose from love bad i would much rather watch something that's really bad over an academy award winning movie it's, any day of the week it, it requires less um emotional investment yeah plus we just have that bend to want to make fun of things mm-hmm. 
And what better than to make fun of, excuse me, I just drank a whole thing of Pepsi, not a two liter. Right. <laughs> go, go, <laughs> chug, chug, chug. Yeah. Um, but just for those of you who know us, for those of you who have been listening for the past, you know, two seasons plus this third season here, we just love crappy movies and that's what black ass dollar rentals are going to be any of the straight to video type stuff you could find on a dollar shelf at a video store mm-hmm. um a minus uh we kind of started off on the wrong foot though because today yeah. we're talking agent cody banks yeah which uh actually had a theatrical release it so, made like 30 million dollars yeah so like kind of toeing the line between a family it just rental. barely falls within yeah. some of the criteria i think we wanted to like kind of see where our footing would be in a series like this yeah. but i promise you the movies will get progressively worse oh i promise you yeah. that oh i promise you that <laughs> yeah. um before we get into that though we're gonna do this month in history the first of season three before that though matt why don't you let everybody know where they can find us you can find us on instagram we're at the radcast that's at the radcast cast spelled with a k radcast is all one word the radcast is all one mm-hmm. word but uh, just find us at the Radcast on Instagram. Make sure to give us a follow. Also, find us on Twitter. We're at T Radcast, T for the, again, mm-hmm. cast with a K. Find us on Facebook. Go give it our page a like. We're just the Radcast on there. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, go to Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, make sure to download, subscribe, follow, however you do that with your podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you are able, if you can, make sure to give us five stars, give us a review. It helps us. Uh, helps us help it helps makes us oh my it God. helps make us more visible yes <laughs> we're, we're recording a little later than usual yeah it helps makes us more visible it's peter pan scott's kids yeah um but uh do all of that make sure to get in touch with us via those um social media mm-hmm. sites because we want to hear from you please especially coming up um i would imagine we're gonna do our last of um, our 90s retrospective pretty soon so like 1990s coming yeah. up so pretty soon here we're gonna have a little poll on our instagram stories and i'll have it on mine steven have it on his mm-hmm. can i get your feedback on what we should do next yes. the 80s or the 2000s yes. so please um just take a minute or two and get in contact with us leave a review yeah. all that stuff like we really want to gain some traction with this in some way and we just you know we ask of you, please, dear listener, take a couple minutes out of your day, and if you enjoy the podcast, please be vocal about it. Please. Um, so, without further ado, we are going to be doing the duty doo doo of the doo doo of this month for the month of September, this month in history. This month in history, not what it seems to be. This month in history. DD Mega Doo Doo. I'm sorry. <laughs> Classic. Uh, so, starting with September 1st, obviously. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> it's because it's all going to be shit. I mean, this is all accurate. All accurate. Um, 1830, Mary Had a Little Lamb, first published. So, set the world afire. Yeah. Uh, speaking of setting the world on fire, 1923, massive earthquake rocks Japan, and they would later go on to rock Europe. <laughs> I was to say, massive earthquake? <laughs> Is that a heavy metal band? touring with Iron Maiden. <laughs> Poor choice of words. <laughs> uh, 1954, Hurricane Carol strikes the East Coast, which Hurricane Carol sounds like what a broke college student would have to deal with at their shitty retail job. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. then 1989, launch of the Toyota Lexus, 
into space. I thought you were going to say launch of the toilet. <laughs> launch of a toilet into space. How come we haven't launched any toilets into space? Yeah. Um, September, yeah. September, <laughs> September 2nd, 1666, the Great Fire of London started in a bakery on Pudding Lane. Probably <laughs> Somebody probably left a brownie in the microwave too long. It's really called Pudding Lane? Yeah. On Pudding Lane. <laughs> Who's been putting brownies in the microwave? On Drury Lane. Uh, 1752, the British changed the type of calendar they used, which resulted in Wednesday, September 2nd, being followed by Thursday the 14th. So <laughs> people people rioted and demanded those 11 days back. In 19- Plus interest! <laughs> <laughs> However you could <contain> that. <laughs> 1752, how would, like... Of all the things to write about, how would have you used that time? Like sitting in the dark, it's done. The days are around, the days. <laughs> drinking more tea. Yeah. Um, 1901, Teddy Roosevelt speaks his famous line. It's something about a big stick. I think it was keep that big stick away from my soft ass. <laughs> Maybe it was bigger shit. Sometimes take two flushes. <laughs> um, 1964, all around good guy Keanu Reeves was born. Keanu. Uh, 1971, man. XFL great and moderately successful NFL star Tommy Maddox was Tommy born. Tommy Maddox. I saw him. I saw him at the grocery store. Really? No, The Simpsons oh, when Homer's yeah. ready for the second season of the XFL. <laughs> and Marge's like, they canceled that. I saw the MVP of last year stocking shelves at the grocery store. <laughs> That's funny. Um, September 3rd, 1777, Battle of Coochie's Bridge. I read it as Battle of Coochie Bridge, <laughs> which sounds like something from a Chappelle show sketch. The Battle of Coochie Bridge. An American pimp civil war. <laughs> 1838, Frederick Douglass escapes from slavery. Nice. 1935, Malcolm Campbell breaks 300-mile-per-hour barrier. Then he got out of the vehicle. His features on his face were rearranged, and his skin looked like melted cheese on a pizza. How did I do? <laughs> yeah, it's a, he looks like a dang Jackson Pollock. Uh, 1967, did you say Jackson Five member. <laughs> that too, eventually. Yeah. Yes, somehow. Uh, it looks like Latoya Jackson. Yikes. Her face is melted. <laughs> she looks like a lizard person. <laughs> now on to lizard people. <laughs> Latoya Jackson is a frog person. <laughs> 1967 sweet i almost said swedish meatballs swedish swedish meatballs meatballs. 1967 sweden switches left-handed side drive to right-hand side first person to go on the road after the switch remember we switched driving side so be careful driver okay starts car and immediately drives the wrong way and crashes (laughs) okay (laughs) september 4th 1967 final episode of gilligan's island airs and riots all across the west coast broke out (laughs) Um, That's one of those shows where I'm like, I don't care if I ever watch any episode oh, of Gilligan's please, Island. Whatever happened to an old fashioned? Oh, I want to get off this damn island. No, get off this island, lovey. Gilligan! Is that, is that what the. Mr. Prof- McGoo! <laughs> is that what the professor's thing was? Oh, Gilligan! <laughs> Hogan! Mahoney! <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, it's all. Throw them all in there. Yeah. Why don't you? Uh, 1993, I this still. Baffles me. 1993 one-handed pitcher Jim Abbott throws Crazy. a no-hitter. One-handed. Pi- I'm going to repeat that. One-handed pitcher throws a no-hitter. I saw. I saw that final out the other day, like on YouTube or something, or it's, on like an Instagram video. It's like it. He when he would throw, like he would throw with his throwing hand, and then he'd flip. The glove is sitting on like he's got a little his, like nub, his like stub his or stub stump. on it. He's got the glove his resting ghost that. hand. Yeah, exactly. And he would flip the glove to his throw back to his throwing hand to like field. 
He was also on like one of the Olympic teams too. Yeah. He like he was an all-star. Uh 1998 Google is founded which that changes the whole landscape of everything ever. Mm-hmm. Um, That's September, how I can find out about Cody Banks. Exactly. Like we're going to talk about here pretty soon. Yeah. September 5th, 1698. Russian Tsar Peter the 1st implements a beard tax. <laughs> uh, sorry know. hipsters. Sorry sorry everybody. Uh, 2012, accidental explosion in Turkey. And like, let me guess. Oops. Yeah, well, whoever caused it had black ash and soot on their face. Shrugged and went, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> and the screen freeze framed on the culprit. Closing credits come up and a laugh track played underneath. A Miller Boyette production. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, whatever happened to predictability? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. uh, September 6th, 1620, Pilgrim set sail. I saw like three different dates on whenever the Pilgrim set sail. <laughs> Ambrosia. Um, <laughs> and Maze. Maze. Uh, <laughs> classic. 1979, Jimmy Carter institutes National Grandparents Day. So it's his fault. Um, 1995. Yeah. Cal- I remember one year on Grandparents Day. Um, <laughs> during, during the Mexican hat dance. Doing the Mexican hat dance. And then we got to eat salsa. Yeah. Like, what, what does just this have send to, me home. Why does this have to, what does that have to do with Grandparents Day? Uh, 1995, Carl Grandparents are lumpy like salsa. Exactly. Uh, I almost said Lou Bega. Um, <laughs> Carl Jr. breaks Lou Bega's consecutive game streak. Breaks Lou Gehrig's little bit of game. Oh, I was listening to Mama Number Five today at work. Oh, and I was like, you scared me. <laughs> and I, I looked at one of my coworkers and I was like, what if Lou Bega came out as a virgin? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I'm all talk. <laughs> it's a, he's, a, he's like, no. Uh, and my coworker's like, Lou Vegas sings this song and he's praised for it. I was like, no one ever asks about Louise Vega. <laughs> she would have been a slut if she sang about this kind of stuff. Exactly. Too political. We don't want to get political here. Yeah. yeah. NFL's already too political. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that out of my football. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That's about as far as that conversation yeah. goes uh 1995 i'm still september 6th 1995 you started talking about mambo number five uh carbon jr breaks lou gary am i gonna be able to get through this fact i didn't say anything <laughs> sorry i forgot this isn't visual i was just giving a thumbs up uh carbon jr breaks lou gary's consecutive game streak by playing in his t- uh b- t- you okay? Yeah. Huh? Were you inhabited by the spirit of Calvin Jr.? Lou Gehrig doesn't want me to say this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Help me! Help me! He's a fat man with curly legs. It's Babe Ruth. But yeah. uh, consecutive, I completely forgot how to say this number. His 2,131st game. So he played in 2,131 consecutive games. So what? Cal Is, that Jr. Good? I'm Is that gonna, good? I'm just going to move on. <laughs> you hit that guy. Is that good? Uh, September 7th, 1979, ESPN debuts on cable. Nice. Um, September 7th, 2008, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac into government control. That's all it said. There's no context. So I don't know what the hell that is, but it sounds like a show from the 50s where two fraternal twins solve mysteries. <laughs> or it sounds like a 90s hip-hop duo. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac yeah. make you want to jump. Return um, of the Mac. Yes, I love that song. September 8th, 1966, Star Trek debuts. 1982. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's uh, the worst part. That was the first episode of Star Trek. <laughs> yes. 1982, America's favorite idiot with fake teeth, Chum Lee from Pawn Stars, was born. Um, 19. Do you have you ever? He looks like when you see the teeth in a horse's mouth. That's what it looks like. 
Yeah. 1988, Yellowstone Park closes due to forest fire, which left Smokey the Bear saying, what the fuck did I tell you? <laughs> yes. um, 1998, uh, September 8th, 1998, Mark McGuire hits his 62nd home run. Yep. September 9th, 1950, first usage of a laugh track in the U.S., uh, used for former President Herbert Hoover's funeral. <laughs> Just kidding. It wasn't used for him until his actual funeral in 1964. <laughs> um, 1956, Elvis makes his controversial appearance on Ed Sullivan. 1988, Look Away by Chicago was released. That one is for Dave, our buddy Dave, who oh, will yeah. be on in a couple weeks. Uh, 1992, Howard Stern's uh, appears at, as Fart Man at the VMAs. Oh, yeah. Didn't John uh, Stamos introduce him? I don't, was that in the movie Private Parts? Maybe in Private Parts. I yeah. don't know. September 10th, 1984, first episode of Jeopardy. 1991, Nirvana releases Smells Like Teen Spirit. 1993, X-Files Days Debuts. Days Yes, Debussy. September uh, 11th, which is today that we're recording this. September 11th, 2001, mm-hmm. uh, the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center. Uh, we stay pretty irreverent on this show. We don't yeah. really show a lot of... <laughs> We probably should show a little more respect to history, but we just don't. Um, but this one was, um, I mean, obviously it's one of the greatest tragedies in yeah. American history. So um, no jokes for that one from us. Uh, September 12th, 1913, Jesse Owens was born. Yeah, baby. East and West Germany signed a treaty to restore sovereignty to a reunified Germany. September 14th, 1985, Golden Girls debuts. 1990, the Griffies hit back-to-back home runs in first nice. inning. yep. King Griffey Jr., obviously the greatest baseball player of all time, and his mm-hmm. dad, who is multiple-time World Series champion with the Cincinnati Reds, he signed Boris with, Griffey. Yes, you know, King Griffey Sr. Oh. He signed with the Mariners to play with his son, and they batted back-to-back in the lineup, and they hit back-to-back home runs. So never been done before. Isn't since. that cute? Uh, September 15th, 1913, first Milch Goat show, first Milch Goat show held in Rochester. Whatever. Antiques uh, Goat Show? <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> September 15th, 1857, the White House bathtub's worst nightmare, William Howard Taft was born. 1857. I, I, I said 1857. Um, Howard, Howard Taft was... <laughs> that's, probably, that's, probably, <laughs> that's probably the sound. <laughs> Either one of two things. That sound came about while he was in the bathtub. Those were farts. Hopefully the mic picked it yeah. up. And... He was, the bubbles came up, or that's the sound he was making trying to get out of the bathtub. His, his fat, flabby skin squeaking up against the porcelain of the bathtub. Somebody help me! <laughs> so I was about to explode. Go get the butter! You ate it all! Because <laughs> he's fat. Uh, yep. And he's fat! Uh, September 16th, 1955, Mickey Mantle pulls a hammy running out of bunt. Um, Jimi Hendrix is dead. <laughs> Are you Walter Cronkite? <laughs> Jimi Hendrix is dead. September 16th. That just that news just come across your come across your little ticker. Across my Google glasses. Yes. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix is dead. 1970, Jimi Hendrix dies. 1983, Arnold Schwarzenegger becomes U.S. citizen. It's better than coming. Uh, <laughs> September 17th, 1941, Stan Musial makes his debut. September 19th, 1893, New Zealand becomes first country to give women the right to vote. 1937, The Hobbit is published. September 22nd, 1981, Sandra Day O'Connor becomes first female judge appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court. 
1999, a man by the name of Dustin Phillips sets the record for drinking the most ketchup. Dustin uh, Diamond Phillips? Yes. <laughs> Lou Diamond, Dustin Phillips. Uh, he drank 14-ounce bottle through a straw in 33 seconds. Um, September 24th, 1936, Jim Henson is born. Nice. Um, September 25th. <laughs> I had 1981, but no event. <laughs> September 26th. Uh, choose, choose, choose your own adventure. Yeah. 1960, first televised presidential debate takes place. John F. Kennedy won by popularity from television viewers because Nixon, but or but Nixon won by popularity by radio listeners. Those who watched on television were taken in by the clean-cut, handsome Kennedy, but put off by the fat-faced, sweaty Nixon, who yep. denied the application of makeup. Markups for girls. <laughs> Maybe that probably. Oh, wow, makeup on. Makeups for girls. Yeah, those nothing like that had been on television yet. No. So they weren't. They they weren't like aware of the like standard. Yeah. You know presentation. Like, why do I have to get gussied up? I'm a politician. Big deal. I'm on TV. Yeah, but under those hot lights, people can see all your, all your nooks and crannies and all your. Your Oops. curves in your perfections. Yes. Uh, September 28th, 1975, Spaghetti House Siege in London. Um, the It seems like the authorities start busting into the restaurant. Stereotypical Italian owners start shouting, Oh, what the hell is going on? <laughs> We're even serving people pasta from a can. It is true. My mother is rolling around in her marinara grave. <laughs> then a red light from a sight on a sniper rifle starts paying up the Italian guy, landing on his head. Okay, blow him away. Mamma mia, blam! <laughs> and that's that. That's what happened in the Spaghetti House siege. Um, and finally, September thirtieth, nineteen fifty-five, James Dean killed in a car crash. He was sulking and brooding so much he forgot to turn and plowed through a meeting. <laughs> He's sulking and brooding. <laughs> and that was a very disjointed this, this month, month in history. history. So let's talk about why we're here today. I first want to express outrage yes. because when they talk about whitewashing in Hollywood, okay, well, this okay, movie now, has it in space. Yes, now we're talking about today's subject. Yeah. They could at least have gotten an Asian actor to play Cody Banks. To play Asian Cody Banks. In a movie Banks. called Asian Cody Banks. Exactly. See, I think you I think you heard it wrong. It's called Agent Cody Banks. Like Agent Orange. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll talk about that and you can deal with your whole Asian Cody Banks dilemma here in just a little bit. So we're going to try not to carry this out like a regular Radcast rental, meaning we're going to try not to be endearing towards the movie. Yeah. But the the problem is we are endeared to it because we grew up watching it. We watched it, yeah, as 12-year-old kids. Yeah. And, you know, as even then we knew it was kind of corny and lame. But at the same time, you're like... You know, it'd be cool if, uh, to be a junior CIA yeah. operative. You know, there's a lot of parts to where I, it's not cool, but I looked at Matt and I was like, is this too cool for the dollar rentals? Because these are supposed to be movies we're bashing and like yeah. the, Agent Cody Banks has its issues. The script isn't great. The acting's not great. There's a lot of parts of it that you're just like, wait a minute. Why but, Why would they employ this person for the CIA? What's with like, this arbitrary recruiting process for a kid's version, CIA junior? they explain, they're like, oh, we find the most worthy recruits. How do you deem who's worthy? And it's just a bunch of B-roll of people walking up to kids in like a comic book store. Comic book store, an arcade or whatever. Yeah. It's like, hmm, good score. Do they have intel on these kids? I think it's kind of explained near the end of the movie 
where Cody's like, so I, I ordered a couple CIA magazines and looked up how to, you know, agent stuff on the internet. So, so they what? track, I guess they track I, kids that way. And I'm, they're like, oh, they're look, oh, so we need to shut them up. Like, well, I think it's just gauging interest unless it's some fat kid in Russia. And then it's like, nope, no, I feel like no if, way. If someone was looking too much into my, like into my business, I don't, I don't think I'd be like, I'm going to recruit them to be my like body or to my, like, to be my, my assistant or whatever. Yeah. You'd probably be like, Hey, they, they, they're learning too much. It's just a lot of it. There's a, there's a lot of questions that the movie yeah. raises, but with then you have to suspend disbelief whenever people, whenever you watch movies to all of you cinema yeah. buffs and movie snobs out there, don't get us wrong. I love movies. I love yeah, cinema. I like a good film. I love a good film, but also, like we said at the top, I almost would rather just watch a I piece of I also like shit. just movies. It's exactly. Like fun I want to be movies. entertained. Um, what was the point? I was Oh, movies, you're supposed to suspend some sort of level yeah. of disbelief. It's not supposed to be something that's completely logical. Sometimes you just got to watch it and shut up about yeah. it. Yeah. The problem is right now is we're starting to endear ourselves to the movie, and with dollar rentals we want to try and detach our emotions from it as much as we can much like agent cody banks with hillary duff he was getting too close to getting the subject too close to the subject that we're getting too off. close to agent cody exactly banks. i but i will say history with this movie like matt said our mom rented it for us from from the video store when it first came out when we were 12 and i liked it for the most part, I liked yeah, it. Yeah, enough to keep watching it. And yeah. then our mom got the DVD, and every now and then we'd put it in. Half to kind of riff on the stupid parts, but half yeah. to kind of just watch it, because there were parts that I liked. In the early 2000s, Frankie Muniz was like kind of the token cool kid. He was, you know, he, you, know you could see they wanted they wanted to strap a rocket to him, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, after 2004 or five, yeah, unless it was Malcolm in the Middle, nothing Or really. Big Fat Liar. Yes, or Big Fat Liar, but nothing really like, nothing really stuck. He's not that great of an actor, um, but like, I don't know. I think he wanted to break away from the kids' movie stuff, yeah. so he did like, whatever that movie is to where he's in it, and it's not a kids' movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> that one, what? so that one, and then he started doing the direct to direct to video National Lampoon's oh, American yeah. Pie type yeah. movies or whatever. Um, and then something like really sucky happened. Like he played in a band for a little bit and something sucky happened. He had like a stroke or like yeah. health problems a few years ago. And, uh, if you know, Frankie Muniz was, of course he was Malcolm and Malcolm in the middle and he was movies yeah. like my dog skip and big fat oh, liar. Yeah. Yeah. He was big on the Nickelodeon scene and whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and you see him in this stuff in the early two thousands, um, a big part of his career, he doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's probably a good portion of Malcolm in the middle at the height of its popularity. He doesn't yeah. remember because of like the health issues that mm-hmm. he had. So that's kind of like, that's kind of sad that to sucks. think about. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he remembers enough about Cody Banks. And if he does, we have him on. Yes. Hello, Fricky Munoz. Uh, I wish I kind of do wish <laughs> I uh, reached out to him. But now that you mentioned, he probably forgets like most of his career. Yeah. But I'm like, he probably doesn't even remember what Cody Banks was. What he doesn't remember I looked up. So Cody Banks released March 14th, 2003, and a box office gross of $58.7 million. So it had a $28 million budget. Or budget. budget, But $30 million profit. Yeah. Directed by Harold Zwart. Uh, He also directed his Swedish man who directed the 2010 Karate Kid, uh, Pink Pink Panther 2. So there's his acumen right there. Um, Listen, 
I love Steve Martin. Oh, I, I love. He's a comedic I genius. Love Steve Martin. However, I was in complete. I was completely against the Pink Panther remix just because yeah. I love the Peter Sellers Pink Panther yeah. movies so much. Yeah, and it's just it's it's they weren't great. Yeah, mid two thousand Steve Martin movies weren't great. Comedy movies weren't great. Although cheap, I I, I like the like first cheaper by the cheaper dozen. By the dozen. Yeah. Okay, you got me. You got me. Okay, America. You can may- maybe we'll do that too. Uh, it's uh-huh. also another that, Hillary Duff joint that has Bonnie Hunt. So I love Bonnie that's Hunt. What saves. Bonnie, love Bonnie Hunt, Hunt, Steve Martin. She's a she's a Midwestern treasure. Yeah. Um. The, he also directed Harold Zwart, not Steve Martin. Yeah. He directed The Mortal Instruments, City of Boons. Uh, Why not? Boons in my booty. One Night at McCool's, which had which didn't do very well, but it had minus Liv Tyler. It had Matt Dillon, Michael Douglas, Paul Reiser, uh, John Horatio Goodman. Sands. Is he in that movie? Maybe I'm thinking of Gay Boat or whatever that movie was called. Boat Trip. Boat Trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're not going to get into that. Richard <laughs> Jenkins was in it. Reba was in it. So McIntyre, yeah, exactly. I'm wearing a Reba McIntyre shirt right now. <laughs> you are. That's <laughs> that's that. Was, I didn't even plan it that way. Um, and he also directed Hamilton, but not the Hamilton you're thinking of. This one is about a special agent uh, aren't trying to thwart an arms deal, so it's not too far off from the Hamilton everybody knows. But it has Peter yeah. Stormare and Mark Hamill in it. Peter Stormare and Mark mm-hmm. Hamill. Yeah. If only if they would have gotten Peter Stormare to be the villain in Agent Cody Banks, that would have been. I think would, even even um who played the villain in Ian the, McShane. Even even though I like Ian McShane, mm-hmm. I think Peter Stormare would have been especially like Peter Stormare like in Fargo. Yeah. Well, maybe drop your intensity of Stormare and Fargo, and more so he'd be an over the top. Maybe he he'd be over the top. Maybe like, like John Wick. Or he, John Stormare was in John Wick, the first one, right? Yeah. He's, okay. He's anyway, the, the yeah. Baba Yaga. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the cute fucking boogeyman. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that's him at the beginning. Yeah. Of John, John Wick too. <laughs> oh God. Excuse Stop me. Farting. That's that's not happening. Uh, but the cast is Frankie <laughs> Muniz, uh, Hillary Duff, which this is her first big like. Her first like big like studio role, yeah. um, minus like the Hillary, I almost said the Hillary Duff movie, the, uh, the Lizzie McGuire, the Lizzie McGuire movie. Hillary She's Duff a- movie. This is my life. <laughs> Here we go. Um, All right, waking up in the morning. <laughs> but who like who cares about that when the next year, two thousand four, her sister Haley was in Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah, vote for Summer. Summer, Summer Wheatley. Summer Wheatley. Um, Angie Harmon, which this was her first big movie role because yeah. she just did TV. She was on she, Law and Order. Yeah, Law and Order. Um, Baywatch Nights. Baywatch Nights. Lesser known. She was more. Hey so- y'all, what in the ham sandwich is going on? Blue <laughs> <laughs> <Lou> Rawls. <laughs> Baywatch Nights. Look it up. Yeah. It's a spinoff of uh, Baywatch. Yes, Mitch Buchanan, David Hasselhoff of Baywatch. Um, at night, he's a lifeguard during the day, but then a detective at night. Sure, it has the it has the um, the beach police officer uh, who uh, also was does, the, the assistant yeah. coach. And remember the Titans? Yeah. Um, he's in it. Angie Harmon's in it. Angie Harmon is very attractive, very statuesque, but. Her her tone of voice is very much to me like like Jennifer Lawrence's eyes. They don't change. They don't yeah. express too much. Yeah. Um. But she also around this time was Mrs. Jason Seahorn. Ah, former St. Louis Ram cornerback who was a Pro Bowler for the New York Giants. But. Yes. Did he play for the Rams? Yeah. Oh yeah. Very 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 yeah. briefly. Uh, the great Keith David and is in this yes. movie. The voice of Spawn. Spawn. Also, they live. Yep. Um. 
you gotta be kidding me. Um, John Carpenter, the thing. Yeah. He's in the thing. Um, Ian McShane, who was in that television show about erectile dysfunction. Deadwood. Deadwood. Yeah. Um, but he's all the John Wick movies, mm. Hot Rod. Yeah. Um, Arnold Vosloo, who's Imhotep in the, Imhotep. in the, in the amazing movies, The Mummy and The, the Mummy, Mummy Returns. Yep. The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. Um, yep. Supporting cast is Daryl Hammond, who I was a huge fan of as a kid because on he was Saturday on Night Saturday Night Live. He was he's hilarious. one of the only bright spots of this movie. Yeah, he's he has he has like, or I should say, he's one of the only comedic parts that actually lands that are as actually a comedic like funny part. because he's, yeah, he's he's great improv. He was on yeah. SNL. Yeah, um, character actors Cynthia Stevenson, who looks and sounds like she's related to Jennifer Aniston. She isn't. And She's she she is like the prototypical mom for these like dollar straight to video kids movies. Yeah. Um, and then also Daniel Roebuck who plays uh, Frankie Muniz, Cody Banks's Sears dad. and Roebuck. Exactly. Uh, he's one of those guys where it's like, oh, I know who that is. If you see a picture of him, he's like yeah. 280 credits on yeah. IMDb. I touch it because he's 280 pounds. He's 280 years old. He's he's a large he's a large fellow. He's a little heavier. Yeah. Um, Frankie Muniz was nominated for get this something called the Spencer Breslin Award for the worst performance by a child actor <laughs> at the 2003 Stinker Awards. Spencer so, Breslin's been in like two movies <laughs> up to this point. Yeah, up to this so so have a whole award named after you for being a terrible terrible actor yeah, 2003 by that time he had been in the kid santa claus 2 the cat in the hat is this the cat in the hit um <laughs> and, and two of those movies okay all of those movies to be so bad and only being in three movies to be so bad you have an award named after you at the stinkers yeah um you, frankie munoz was also nominated for a teen choice award in 2003 and if we say frankie muno munoz it's intentional yeah because we that, know it's frankie munoz yeah that's, that's um that's been yeah um he lost out to jim carrey for bruce almighty uh, mm. also nominated for his performance in the oscar nominated kangaroo jack was anthony anderson oh yeah who was who, in cody banks too yes it's he's right this way before his acclaimed performances in blackish yeah and, and departed so he still was a, he was he was a joke yeah, um, you're a joke. You're, that's what his, that's that's what what his, his agent, agent said. <laughs> Listen, Anthony, Tony, you're a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, Tony, you're a joke. You're a joke, babe. <laughs> Get out of my sight. You're done. And then he landed The Departed. See, I told you. Uh, that was motivation, baby. Exactly. Hire me back. <laughs> Hire me back. Living off filet fishes um, So Cody Banks, the movie starts off. Cody Stanks. Yes. The movie starts off with a high octane opening scene. Well, yeah. second to first opening dun, scene. Well, dun, dun, the dun, first dun. scene we know Cody Banks is is some sort of CIA guy because as soon as he rolls out of bed shirtless, he's like he's, he's all grog. He's like, <gasps> and he like and does, he like, does a like a karate, karate pose. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that that sets the tone for the whole movie. So, She's like, oh, this kid knows karate, so you know what's he's gonna a happen. secret agent. But then he leaves his house after being told to feed the little gerbil outside. Yeah, um, and he's skateboarding away because it's a teenager in the early two thousands. Um, and we get introduced to what his skill set really is. It happens. He Cody happens upon a mother going over to a mailbox while leaving to, while leaving her toddler in the car in a poorly fastened car seat. Like this it wasn't even like, fastened in. Yeah, exactly. Um, the child gets out of his seat and on his way into the driver's seat, kicks the parking brake down. The car starts rolling down the hill with the child steering it. Um, Cody is air quote exactly. Cody sees this happening. The mom's like, "My baby!" 
<laughs> Classic Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Cody is in hot pursuit. Yeah, Cody is in hot pursuit on a skateboard to stop the car. After causing several accidents and almost dying, Cody manages to scale the car, the moving car. I put, I put move. I was typing this so fast while yeah. still trying to simultaneously listen to the movie. I put scale the movie car, which duh. It'd be funny if he gets the cars mixed up and he's climbing the roof of someone's car. Ah, ah, <laughs> driving. Then, Who are you? And then the car with the toddler gets plowed by a train. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> it's uh, he scales the movie moving car and goes in through the sunroof to pull up the brake right before it gets blasted by a train which is also we don't know if that's also being controlled by a baby as well exactly and the scene would have been so much better (laughs) if either role were played by a chimp yeah you'll know we'll notice we notice this a lot in the movie like there's plenty of scenes where we're like this would have been way better if it was played by a chimpanzee. Yeah, and they're kind of, they're, I mean, okay, so there kind of was, there's this movie called Spy Mate with a young Emma Roberts. Yeah. And also the great Richard Kind yeah. is in it. That, that we used, we used to own it, but in yes. the move, it didn't get lost. I threw it away. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> peek behind the curtain, it didn't get lost. It got thrown away. The movie is ridiculous. It, it fits perfectly. Oh yeah. It was, eventually we'll probably get around to it, yeah. but there was a movie called Spy Mate that was kind of like almost the same idea. Just basically, it's a it's a primate yeah. that is a secret agent. There are some things here and there that are different, but exactly all that to say, there are plenty of things in this movie that were th- that we thought this would be way better with like yeah. a chimp. Essentially, Agent Cody Banks is one of those kid or teen and or teenager is a spy and a secret agent, but they're like ill-equipped to, to deal like socially with people yeah like cody's big thing is he can't talk to girls yeah like because like of course but like it's one of those things where you you summarize the movie by essentially saying like he has to save the world but not before he does his chores yeah it's so, like he can he can do 10 different martial arts but he just can't talk to girls exactly that's i'm casey Kasem. <laughs> <laughs> next on the top 40 we're gonna listen to pumps and a bump <laughs> <laughs> but uh um essentially there's Love that mc him there's a lot of scenes because cody Let's backtrack a little bit. So the whole thing is there's this guy by the name of Dr. Connors who's created these nanobots to help suck up oil spills or some shit. Um, and he's <laughs> yeah. show No, he, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, to help mankind. Sure. Um, and you know how it goes. There's this Dr. Brinkman guy played by Ian McShane who wants to secretly weaponize them and dismantle America's defense systems. All under the guise of financing this project from Dr. Connors. And yeah. then he comes, he's like, no, I want you to do this for me. Yeah, I want you to do this for me. Yeah. Um, which Ian McShane, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but uh, the CIA learns about this and one way they know they're going to get, because they keep sending in CIA operatives to get, like, intel to get so, intel yeah. but they keep dying you can't get close to dr connor's like he's yeah. very like shut off the nerve of them they yeah. keep dying what's your problem yeah i um, thought they, you were good um which when you look at the kind of people the cia employs in this movie you're like no nah, i'm not surprised yeah exactly if, what not just in this movie what is it with these government agencies this stuff that's supposed to be like super covert hiring bumbling idiots the dude to, that the dude that works what's his name that what's like the security guard that like works the desk he's a he's a buffoon duck I don't know yeah duck duck man yeah he's an idiot yeah and then also what's the deal this is used as some sort of plot device in movies like this to where these high level security 
spaces and people fall asleep. Yeah. Like, don't they train you not to fall asleep? Yeah. You lack discipline. Exactly. <laughs> don't it's something called shifts. You yeah. work in shifts. Why is there only one security guard? Exactly. <laughs> this is the CIA. Yeah. Anyway, um so the CIA you can't get close to Dr. Connors, so let's get close to his six, 15-year-old daughter. She's turning 16. Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff, which, if I may say, I never got the appeal of Hillary Duff. And so, I, I was of that age. We, that, so, yeah, yeah, so we were prepubescent and too, you know, interested in girls when Lizzie McGuire came on. Yeah. She's a few years older than we are. And there were a bunch of guys, like, in our classes who, like, were obsessed had with the it. hots with Hillary Duff. I never got it because I couldn't yeah. get past her voice. Yeah. So, she's, you ever think of Hillary Duff just, just like this... I don't know why my the voice in my head always says, uh-oh, whoa! Yeah. Yeah. Because it's that's Lizzie pro- McGuire. That's the little cartoon yeah. in Lizzie McGuire yeah. that that's speaks probably her why. thoughts. Yeah. Um, she's not unattractive. No, I just... But especially I, now, I never personally... But like her voice is deepened, so she's yeah. a little better to listen to. But it's just... I never... As a, as a prepubescent into kid hitting puberty... I didn't get of, it. of all of all the 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 girls famous girls yeah. of that time that caught the eye of a lot of boys our age mm-hmm. she was just was not one I of them I liked older for me. women yeah. to be honest mm-hmm. um, Rue McClanahan I'm talking old Susan old women. Sarandon I loved pictures of the where's the beef woman <laughs> mm, <laughs> she died Claudette. she died in the 80s and she was in her 80s <laughs> in the 80s so she lived through two world wars how is that, fought in one of them how is that not poetic how is that not beautiful how is that not hot <laughs> how do you not get horny from thinking about this 80 year old woman <laughs> fighting in world war one <laughs> Asked Cody Banks. Asked Cody Banks, and he's like, "Am I? I was. Did I say the the soft part loud?" (laughs) Um, That was in that movie. So, in order to get close to this teenager, you have to get somebody of her age. So, back to when we were talking about the, they had the CIA recruiting uh, camp or whatever. This, and then recruited children through arbitrary means and trained them to infiltrate things. Yeah, kind of like we mentioned before, they had this recruitment pro- they like they found these worthy kids. They we don't know what deemed them worthy. I guess you just mail in a subscription to CIA monthly I don't or something. Know. I don't know. So they find they find a way, but essentially to get close to her, the CIA has Cody transferred to the private school. Got to have one of these junior operatives. Like, exactly. So in order to do that, they transfer him to the school she goes to, put her in all her classes and Which, whatever. Which, in that process, they say, you need to get close to her. And Cody's like, so you want me to become her boyfriend? And he looks at Angie Harmon, she shakes her head, yes, I'm like, no, they didn't say that. They should get close friend, to her. Become her gay best friend or something. Or just her regular or best just, friend. Yes, I'm sorry. Her regular what best the, friend. What is your problem? Guys, you can be friends with attractive women without any strings attached. That's okay. The friend, sh- the friend zone is bullshit. Yeah, What's exactly. wrong with being friends with a girl? There's exactly. nothing wrong with being friends with a girl. Just Zero friends. things wrong. Exactly. Yeah. I will not go on a diatribe about that, but the friend zone is bullshit created by people who only are out to have attractive female friends for romantic purposes. Anyway, what I was talking about yes, was like, how that was never brought up to Cody. His objective is to get close to her. He assumed, oh, you want me to become her boyfriend? He's like, yeah. And it's like, no, I didn't say that. Well, it's funny. There's there's multiple scenes where he's trying to get to know her and he keeps, he keeps flubbing. Um, and, and they then, never establish what 
day of the week it is or if it's the yeah. second week or third, you know, it all, it all seems like all these things seem like they're happening on the same day. Yeah. Exactly. The whole movie seems like it takes place on the one long it's all, day. It's all in real time. Exactly. <laughs> it's everything that happens in the movie is over the course of an hour and 42 minutes. Yeah. Um, but of course they have the scenes sort of like, it's like his, run Lola run. Yeah. <laughs> his first and second impressions are bad, but his third impression on her, like she's, on a big ladder in front of the school, hanging up a banner and she's about to fall to her death. But then Cody <laughs> saves her, um, like through various means, watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then they're both in the nurse's office and like, he like gets to know her and she's, he makes her laugh or whatever. He leads with, Hey, I like T.S. Eliot. Like they it, tell, they it, tell him all on the these, first day, not they, in the nurse's office. Right. Right. They tell him all these things about her. Mm-hmm. So if it's me, I'm like, okay, I know all these things. So I'm just aware, like yeah. I'm just aware of all these things. And just, just to have this knowledge, like he goes right in. He's like, Oh, those books. And she's like, yeah. He's like, Oh, yeah, they're books. I love to read. It's like, we well, came to the right place. It's like, I love T.S. Eliot. Like if, if that were me, I'd be like, what brought that up? Why do you say that? We're in That's science kind of weird. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. And then there's, there's this joke they use twice that was, it is insensitive, but it was, it's the early two thousands. And I guess it's still, it's, they still thought it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so at the beginning of the movie, when we first see Cody and when we find out he's bad with women, with girls, not women, girls. Yeah. Um, he's talking to a girl in his class. She's like, Hey Cody. And he's like, would you, you, I was at you that, and she's like, are you in special ed? Um, which he's in your, he's been in your class all semester. You know who he is. Cause yeah. you greeted him in a very pleasant fashion. Exactly. Which, you know, it's just, there's a lot of stuff that it's an insensitive remark, but also yeah. it doesn't make sense. Right. Um, and then when he meets Hillary Duff, um, <laughs> they're, uh, Hillary Duff. Uh, he's like fumbling around and he's being goofy and weird. Not like, Oh, Hey, hey baby. Not like Jerry Lewis, not breaking test tubes over his head. It's like, I'm wild, man. I got to- <laughs> <laughs> I'm wild, man. Just I'm in the CIA. Hong Kong. He's just, his first day blows his cover. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the CIA. I can't believe I'm at this new school. I love the CIA. I'm a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> this is going terribly. <laughs> um, she like, he says two like fumbles around with two things and he says things that are unrelated to anything that's going on. Yeah. And she's like, are you in special ed? Um, no, he's in all of your classes. It's like, Again, insensitive and does not make sense within the context where you're at. So to to rectify this after getting blowback, um, and later DVD releases, the studio put an apology. Sorry about that. My bad. Put an apology inside like the liner notes of the DVD or whatever. So I don't know why you just don't. I don't know, take out the joke. So I glazed over that part on like the IMDb trivia. Yeah. And so I saw issued an apology. I imagine on further <laughs> DVD releases during that part when she says, are you in special ed? That audio goes quietly down while audio of the director comes on. It's like, hey, listen, everyone. Sorry, this was really insensitive. Like while the dialogue, while the movie's <laughs> I think going, it'd be funny this is really s- insensitive. Sorry, everyone. I think it'd be funny if they were the same value. Yeah, yeah that, that is way funnier. It's like, oh, okay, sorry, everyone. So we got a lot of blowback for this. What I thought was a harmless joke turned out not to be. It goes so. into the next scene. So anyway, it back to, enjoy back to Cody Banks. 
uh, saving Bitcoin Bank spy. Saving uh, private Cody saving Banks. Go, go, co- Corporal Cody Banks. Saving, saving the world. Saving Carlton Banks. And action. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Harold Zawat. Um, so, I mean, he's in all of her classes and there's this very uncomfortable Asian stereotype of a driving, a driver's ed teacher, the both Which, the driver's ed. That was Asian, Asian Cody, Cody Banks. Banks. Yeah. Um, not to mention at the start of school, he runs into bullies. You know, we see these bullies a couple times and it's, it's one of those moments in kind of a stereotypical moment in movies like this to where you get. Whoever has a special skill set, but they have to be covert about yeah. it. They get accosted by people, and they have this fantasy of what they're going to do. Yeah. To which they delineate that in this movie by going to like a sepia yeah. tone or whatever. Yeah. Which Black in other and white, yeah, like something in Dumb and Dumber. It's the same color. It, like it's <laughs> yeah. ah, ah, and then hi, Bobby. Um, oh, baby, but, I like, missed your love. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, can I guess could let you know that it's a fantasy, but goes into this fantasy to where they're picking on him and Cody kicks all their asses and then shoves a test tube up one of their yeah. butts. <laughs> Hillary Duff gets all hot and bothered or whatever. Like this yeah. this uh these John Woo wind like, gusts come yeah. up. Um Duff but, flies across the screen. Exact shits on everybody. Um <laughs> but then like it goes back to the regular like regular picture. And what he does isn't geeky. No. Like usually in these movies they're like, uh, okay, sorry guys and like as they get pushed around and okay. then the come up and you know the I've never seen garbage eat garbage moment comes <laughs> up like from Superman too. Yeah. Um that moment comes up later in the movie, but in this, Cody's just like, uh, he gets like all this espionage gear or whatever, like right. James Bond or whatever, and he has this watch toward Daryl Hammond, who's the um, the gadgets guy who equips him with all this stuff in the movie. He's like, don't press that silver button. Um, yeah, like Cody tells the kid, the main bully, yeah, you can have that watch, but like, don't press that silver button. He's like, oh, why? And the kid gets electrocuted, and yeah. I'm like, well, that's not uncool. Right. And then he goes and like shits all over his progress by like, Shit in the bed with his love interest. Yeah. Um, Ooh, T.S. Eliot electrocuted people the whole, too. Yeah, the yeah. whole T.S. Eliot bit that we just went over. Um, but, you know, there's that scene and then the driver, Ed scene, he tries to impress his little lady friend by recklessly driving with an Asian stereotype teacher to a soundtrack to some punk music. Oh, yeah. There's it's a lot like, of punk music. Oh, Cody Banks and he's driving a color. Yeah, very like pop punk yeah. style you get because we're cool we're cool you we're get, driving a car you get hot in here who's angie Harmon's character ronica miles it's like the first two times you see her enter a scene hot in here by st louis native nelly, nelly yep is played um so it's a it's a pretty of the time soundtrack yeah um there's there's uh, angie Harmon is supposed to be she she's the sex pot in the movie, yeah. the six, the sex pot in this children's movie. Yeah, which it's like choose the character trait mm-hmm. because you she's a bad a badass like strong female mm-hmm. agent. Yet you dress her like a hussy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that that thing it it's like if you're a comic book fan and you see these female comic book characters wearing yeah. these skimpy outfits, it's like Psylocke. Yeah, exactly. Like she's a CIA agent. Psylocke. To answer your question from earlier when we were watching the movie. Who would Angie Harmon play in like yes like a '90s or early 2000s MCU? She could Psylocke, yeah. but from the X Men. Or anyway. she could play a, a, a or an agent of Shield or something. Yeah, um, it, like Kobe Smolder's character. Yeah, in like the MCU. Yeah. Anyway, way anyway, off track. Yes. Yeah. Um, they like like you said, it's funny because she is to be taken seriously, and she is this badass 
FBI agent. Yet her but boobs then, are falling out. <laughs> but and her boob popped out. <laughs> um, but uh, um, she's like the first thing we see her in is like this red get up to where her belly is showing. Her belly little showing. red number. <laughs> <laughs> this little red number with her belly showing. <laughs> which I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying. When I was a kid, that was very appealing. Yeah, I mean and, it's appealing yeah, now. Exactly. I remember when I was a kid having a very visceral reaction yeah, to it. Like very visceral. <laughs> like don't knock on the like leave me alone in the bathroom for five minutes. Uh, Ew. I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm oh kidding. God. I'm kidding, mom. <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> I overreacted. Yes, you yeah. did. Um, on purpose. But she's like, she has this red jacket on, but you see like her stomach. And again, I'm not complaining, but in regards to her character being this to be taken seriously CIA agent, and I was like, maybe just maybe dress her a little more maybe conservatively. Maybe just wear a shirt, like a nice yeah. shirt. Um, maybe but, wear like a pantsuit. Yeah, she's supposed to be this sex pot, but she gets increasingly like less sexy. And like there's this scene where she's asking like, it's just in the training room. It's in the danger room. Another X-Men oh. reference. No, it's in this, uh, like this gymnasium with all these mats everywhere. And she's like practicing martial arts and laying out all these other agents or whatever, sparring. And Cody comes up and they start to spar. And it becomes increasingly less sexy when you can see her male stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, now it's all That's I That's all I can think about. Yeah. Um, so it ruins Angie Harmon for the rest of my life for me. I always want a Spaceballs moment to where like, <laughs> where like she's before she delivers like the final line. Mm-hmm. Cody's like, it's what I do now, and she's supposed to say, get out there and go do it. But they accidentally get the guys that go out, get out there and go do it, <laughs> and they just get and they just get a real tight shot of a man's face, <laughs> like Kiss Attack of the Phantom, or or, or its profile. Yeah. So like it's like it's still kind of like you can still kind of tell, but they yeah. they're trying to cover it up. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, you know, they're trying to, because it's a big plot point that he can't talk to girls and they try and help him like this. But it's like one of those typical montages of like unhelpful advice. For yeah, like who all don't the CIA anything. employees. And people who don't, who know very little or like toxic ways to talk to women. Which or, can be used as a comedic device because it's all these different perspectives and they're yeah. all really silly and over the top. Yeah. And then, like, eventually there's a scene at her 16th birthday party to where he blows his cover because he does these CIA martial arts. He has this big espionage moment to where he's, like, getting information about, like, Dr. He, Brinkman and he's about He's trying Dr. to get Connors. a sample of those nanobots we yeah, were talking about. Exactly. And, like, that's a that's Some pretty cool spy stuff. It, it's, it Honestly, is pretty cool. Yeah. The thing is, you almost can't go wrong with spy stuff because that stuff in and of itself is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but especially when you're using gadgets for like a teenager. Yeah. You know, you have an eye like a scrapeboard. I got I got thousands of scrapeboards. Um, <laughs> but you use a scrapeboard. You have an iPod or an MP3 player. Yeah. Um, you have a cell phone. But <laughs> it's just really cool, kind of what they use. But he, what? Yeah. Now I just gonna get a sample of these nanobots. Check yeah. out. I'll be right back to that party. That's rad, dude. Yeah, rad, dude. He's in the vent and they hear. What would be funny is just it's just a shot of Dr. Brinkman and Arnold Vusloo's character, who's Dr. Brinkman's um, bodyguard, and then Dr. Connors, who's the not Andrew McCarthy looking yeah. guy, one of the Brat Packers. One of the Brat Packers. Um, but uh, you just get a shot of them talking, and then you just hear, choo! And they look up and they just see where Cody has his little like vision device or whatever. He's like, like his little camera. Do they see me? <laughs> do, do, do they hear me? <laughs> Hold on, I think they see me. <laughs> I, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> oh no, I, I think they see me. <laughs> There's this point of tension where he puts one of the like. I think it's stupid how he like he gets it and he's still suspended from the like. 
Dr. Brinkman and Vuslu's character and Dr. Connor leave the lab and it's all like this is red lasers on the ground, mm-hmm. um, like motion sensor shit. And he's suspended from the ceiling on his little MP3 My device. My belief is suspended like Cody Banks from a ceiling. Exactly. And he grabs one of the ice, the nanobots are in an ice cube. He grabs one of the ice cubes, which I don't know why you're not using a glove because it's liquid nitrogen. It's not water. Yeah. Um, and he grabs it. And he's like, mission accomplished. He's got this. He's got this compartment in the heel of his shoe, yeah. and in like, the heel of his Nike shocks. Yeah. Uh, and Ronica and these two other agents that were these two like typical mm-hmm. agent guys or ragtag agent guys or whatever uh, that they introduce you know the beginning of the movie um, are in a van and like ha 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 ha. And then like Cody puts it in the heel of his boot. Oh no! But it's eating my shoe. Crushes it. And starts eating his shoe. And everyone's like, all right, great job, Agent Banks, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, why don't we wait until he's up back in the vent? Yeah, that's my, that was my first thought when he said, all I got to say is mission accomplished. I was like, why don't you wait till you're back in the vent yeah, to exactly. say that? Because then now you drop to the ground and you you let off all the motion sensors. And like Brinkman and Vuslu. Um, they're like, what's, what's that? Because what's that? The sign- they're getting this beeping from and, Dr. Connors' and like, he, and device. It, but Dr. Connors, is so he's not concerned. He's so flippant. He's it's like, motion sensors uh, could most, be an insect. It, it's, it's sensitive motion sensors could be an insect. And they're like, uh, probably not. What if it's not? It's like, maybe you should react more like Dr. Brinkman there. Yeah. Um, but that happens. And then again, Cody returns to the party. It blows his cover. Um, Cause like Brinkman beats and Vuslu like see, they're like, that's, those are CIA moves. And then they find out that the CIA is sending kitties. Uh, CIA has a trademark on specific moves. Yes, exactly. Um, and then, um, they want Dr. Connors to do to help them out and to create all this stuff for them to weaponize it, to weaponize the nanobots and the ice cube. And they're like, the only way he'll do it is if we kidnap his daughter. So, yeah. um, Cody, because he blew his cover is kicked off of the mission. And it's actually kind of sad. Cause you, you see him build this relationship with Ronica and the CIA. Yeah. But then when they kick him to the curb, I'm just like, Oh, that sucks because i put myself in the shoes of like a 12 year old watching it's that like being that's like, exciting and now i gotta go back to my boring life yeah you can't, you can't watch him do the cool stuff anymore plus um, everyone keep like whenever he transfers schools his mom's like what about your friends it's like i don't recall him having any friends what friends and then when ronica they're like dropping him off at his house and he's like what do i do now she's like be a kid hang out with your friends it's like he doesn't have friends yes <laughs> what friends yeah, this you are his friends. You guys have become his only friends. This is his social life. Uh, being a, hello, darkness, my secret old friend. Agent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just even so, his brother hates him. Yeah. Everybody hate. Everybody hates Cody. Although his, you can tell his parents love him. No, of course. His parents like Cody. Stop being dumb. Cody, get out of my sight. Um, but essentially, they're like, don't have any more correspondence with Natalie. Haley Duff's character's name is Natalie. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't have any more correspondence with Natalie. <laughs> but then Natalie shows up to Cody's house, and they go out, and they get milkshakes. He's like, bah, 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 bah. And there's this there's this extra who's a waitress who, God love her, she, like, she has a moment where she's, where she's like, she's, like, kind of dancing up with her shakes, and she's like, too two she can't remember her line two shakes (laughs) they're like butter pecan shakes or whatever like like pecan she's like i didn't know you like pecan but like Like, she like it's just for some reason it follows the waitress and she like looks at him and like gives this look like young love and she's like get to stepping lady yeah um but then like arnold vuslu finds him and i like, like that though you know, yeah, it's, it's the little thing. She's, she probably comes from like a simpler bygone era to where you'd see more kids at the soda I shop. Don't know, she didn't look that old. 
Okay, well, she probably, she probably, maybe she romanticizes those eras of like, oh, you go to the soda fountain and like you, you hang out with your high school you know, sweetheart. Why don't we or follow her instead of Cody Banks? Maybe, maybe she feels like kids these days, they don't care about romance. They she just does, care about. Yes, exactly. Putting a hot dog through a hole. The, uh, the finger in the. Throwing a hot dog down a cave. Yeah. Or what's. Throwing a hot dog. Hot dog down a hallway. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look it up, but don't look it up. Um, but uh, um, so this waitress does that, and then you know Arnold Vusu and the crew, Brinkman's crew, finds Agent Cody Banks, and now he's just regular Cody Banks. Yeah. Um, with Natalie at the soda fountain, and they're running away, and like waitress shows back up, so she does help Cody, and like trips him, and she's like, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> trips one of the guys, and <laughs> yeah, and then like Cody like does a cool flippy thing with pans, and like. Yeah. He hits these guys and like, but it, it proves to be too much. And they kidnap Natalie and take yeah. her up to the, uh, um, the, the mountains. What were the mountains they're up in? We just watched Rocky it. mountains. Not the Rocky mountains. I don't remember. Himalayas. Not the Himalayas. They take her up to Mount Vesuvius. The push pit, her in. The pillars of Hercules. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Straight of Gibraltar. <laughs> the pillars of Hercules. Exactly. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. I made that. That's not a real thing. I made that up yesterday when we were watching Greek mythology videos. I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. A little later. Tell yeah. me off the mic. They go to uh, famous mountains, and uh, let's say for argument's sake, it's the Himalayas. It's not the Himalayas, but they're up in a mountain range, um, and because that's where Doctor Brinkman's secret hideout is, and that's where he wants Doctor Connors to create. I keep all thinking these you're going to say Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> I'm trying not to say Brigma from Rookie, <laughs> from of, the Rookie year. of the Year. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dr. Robotnik. Um, but essentially that's where Dr. Brinkman's secret base is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Natalie's up there and Cody goes rogue. Cause he's not employed by the CIA anymore, but he like steals things from the CIA because of the bumbling security yeah. guard. And he steals all this equipment and he goes to help. He goes to save her. It's cool. Cool music plays as he snowboards I down. Wanna get exactly. I wanna get Great song. The hives uh, probably played on like Mountain Dew commercials. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then he gets trapped up in a tree and Ronica comes to save him because she's told by David Keith, like, go get him or whatever. And he's go like, get him, I'm Ronica. trying to save Natalie. And he's and, and she's like, so am I. So am I. Straight of Gibraltar. <laughs> Straight of Gibraltar. <laughs> well, I'm going to have sex with the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> We the pee hole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, essentially they both go into Brinkman's place and it's not an uncool <laughs> moment. Uh, they find Natalie. He tells yeah. Natalie that it's, he's... It's pretty exciting. He's a su- he's a su- what it is. He's a super secret junior secret agent. Yeah. And he lets her know about that. And then, you know, fights ensue. You know, Cody fights this group of people. Ronica fights this group of people. And then Dr. Brinkman's chefs come out with like rolling pins. Exactly. And it's he like fights an, them. Well, it's like an airplane too during yeah. like the, uh, um, during the cross-examination scene in yeah. the court it's so like everybody's going up to slap the hysterical yeah. woman and it pans out and it's just a line of people and like people are or punching the, their hands or the bar face. fight in yeah. airplane yeah or the first airplane yeah that's what uh, I'm saying yeah. yeah but not the bar fight like in the first airplane on the airplane it's the same thing yeah but there is a bar fight in the yes first... I know there's a bar anyway, fight in that's airplane. what I was thinking of go um, ahead sorry but anyway um, so essentially fights break out Ronica beats up these goons 
um, said Harry beats up these goons. There's nobody named Harry in this movie. <laughs> Harry Banks. <laughs> Saving Harry Banks. Cody, Agent Cody Harry Banks. Agent Harry Cody Banks. Um, Lizzie Mark McGuire. Um, but uh, um, Cody beats up these people, and then the whole place is exploding because Cody set a bomb, and uh, Agent Brinkman... Dr. Brinkman is defeated <laughs> by <laughs> Sick Double Agent Brinkman. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but double Agent Brinkman. He's defeated by Natalie. She takes one of those ice cubes and in slow motion, again, another John Woo gust of wind comes up and she puts it in his mouth and he accidentally swallows it and the nanobots start eating him alive. Kind of, It's kind of grotesque. For like yeah. a kids movie like this, but whatever. Um, and then, but, but whatever. <laughs> as the place is exploding around them, uh, Ronica and Doctor Connors get separated from Cody and Natalie. They go up to a helicopter, a heaven copter. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we uh, don't say hell on here. <laughs> we don't swear on this show. A helicopter. A helicopter. Um, freedom fries. <laughs> um, but uh, and then Cody and Natalie go a different way. Cody hops on these snowmobiles and just rides it up the steps up to the helicarrier heaven carrier where the, where the heaven copter is to where Ronica and Dr. Connors are. Um, there's another more points of tension because like the doors won't open or whatever. And Cody goes like starts heaving nanobots. The nanobots have gotten loose. The nanobots are loose and start eating kind of the steps leading up to the helipad. So like Cody goes down and starts chucking ice cubes at the door and it melts the door. The nanobots yeah. melt the door and this whole time, Cody has apparently beaten the henchman played by Arnold Vuslu. And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, hooray, hooray, Princess Penelope. Hooray. Um, but uh, he sees the little thing, the little yeah, like the mini heli- heli- The helicopter gets out. They're on the top of a mountain edge. And like, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's about to go. Gee, the sun will come out he's about, tomorrow. He's like, going to hop on this CIA like, um, like. Like personal helicopter, yeah, personal thing. helicopter the thing, thing. The thing that that Ronica showed up in yeah, to save him from exactly. That tree. So he sees that he's gonna go hop on it, but he's kind of like looking at that, looking at them. The shot is of um, Cody, and this is done perfectly the way you should do a jump scare. Like it's this very angelic chorus that plays, and then the music cuts out for a split second, and then rip like yeah. screech of strings mixed with like somebody mixed in like what sounds like a high pitched scream. Yeah. Um, and it's Arnold Vuslu's character yeah. comes up from behind him, takes him down. He's like, you messed up my haircut. See? Cause he has like a weird haircut. that looks like a yarmulke. Yeah. Um, but they have a fight and then Cody like fights him over to the little personal helicopter, straps him into it and puts destination CIA, which takes him yeah. to the CIA, which they're a long way from the CIA. Exactly. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but then he eventually jumps onto the legs of the helicopter, goes up, and he's like, go, 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 go. And then the end of the movie is Cody, very Star Wars New Hope. Um, gets like, like is congratulated. Like, he, he gets congratulated. We yeah. see kind of Arnold Vuslu's character, and these like shackles get taken away. Congratulations, Cody Banks. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Mr. Sims. <laughs> um, and like everybody's congratulating. He's walking down an aisle of people like clapping, and everyone, the people we've seen in the movie so far, congratulate him or whatever mm-hmm. he finally meets up with keith david who you know he's the big wig at the cia and like congratulates him and whatever in the end of the movie he's like if there's anything else i can do for you he's like well there is one thing he gets natalie her driver's he license. gets natalie her driver's we didn't license. mention she's a terrible driver she's a ter- she's a very like very reckless yes which 
that's on your head there. She's like, I can't believe I got my driver's license. It's so so fast too. She's, she's a very, she's a terrible driver. Um, she was right to fail the driving test. She's so giddy. Um, she's so happy. Look at her face. She's so happy. (laughs) Tell her no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Go ahead. I dare you. I stop. Tell her no. Um, you try telling her no. I can't do it. Um, I'm not good with aphrodisiacs. It's from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, um, essentially, and then they have the scene to where like Cody and Natalie are in front of the sunset. There's cheesy dialogue. Like, it's beautiful. And he's he's like, like, so are you. He's like, you are. You, you are. You uh, are. And then they're about to kiss, and then Ronica comes up on his little like virtual thing. He's like, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only help. Exact type thing. She's yeah. like, Agent Banks, blah, blah, blah. We need you. Agent Banks, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she said, "Little boy blue, I'm stuck in a shoe." Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> they go by nursery rhymes. That's yeah. how they how their code. And then like Natalie pushes her off, and you hear her go ah. Yeah. And then they kiss. And I thought the song at the end was "I'd Do Anything," but it's close. Not, but it sounds not. like it should be. It's a yeah. it's a song like that. That's Agent Cody Banks. The sequel happened a year later, and Andy still ha- haven't watched it. Ronica's not there. Natalie's not there. It's a new crop of so people. So I'm not there. Yeah. Just kidding. I'll probably watch it. I enjoy this movie. Overall, not the worst movie we're going to no, watch. No, it's not. I think we set the we set the bar high, which is a good thing cuz everything else is going to get progressively In worse. In terms of music and fashion and just kind of overall aesthetic, it's very 2003. And I as much as if you've been listening to the show, you know how much we love the 90s. I have great affection for the early for the 2000s because yeah. I was a teenager and Yeah. The early to mid two thousand into yeah. the late two thousands. So, Agent Cody Banks, it is not bad. It's not bad. It isn't bad. There are parts. It's not great. It's not great, but it's definitely enjoyable. It 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 is what it is. If you yeah. show it to a twelve year old, they're probably gonna like it. It did its job for its audience. Yeah, we were the audience. We when were it the came audience out. at the time. Yeah. And of course, you're gonna look at it through a different lens now. But this is this might be the most endearing we get over the movies we cover on dollar mm-hmm. rentals. Um, but again, like we said at the top, we just want to reiterate there I can count on one hand how many movies I hate. Um, yeah. even the bad movies, I find some reason yeah. to like it, even if it was just the experience of watching it and laughing at how bad it was. Yeah. So that's essentially what we want to capture with the dollar rentals. I had a lot of fun with this. I did too. I, I like I like the format we got going. I yeah. like the way we approached it. Yeah. I like Cody Banks. Uh, if you mm-hmm. want to check it out for a goff and gaff and a laugh, you know, check it's it on out. Amazon Prime. You can rent it for three ninety nine. You can rent a VHS there's, rip of it. I was going to say, there's like two versions. There's one that's not available and another one that's like full screen on like widescreen on steroids it like blacks out the, the entire aspect ratio edge. is really weird and steven we were sitting there and steven's like i'm pretty sure someone ripped this from a vhs yeah exactly the quality was not dvd or blu-ray quality yeah. not bad either but, way it's on amazon prime yeah it's a it's a fine film yes. for the audience it was made for that's all it was out to accomplish just like this episode how we did it was out we were out to accomplish we did what we were out to accomplish much like cody banks this episode will be a six out of ten exactly yeah. i forgot let's do a rating system yeah six out of ten say five and a half and six it's, five and a half it's six, six point one on imdb yeah i think that's, I think a that's fair pretty critique. accurate yeah um so thank you for listening everybody you know whatever be kind rewind make sure you get it back on the shelf i don't know how we're gonna end these I but know. let's just end it the way we usually do yeah and it goes something like this be good to yourselves be good to each other because why would you want to be rude and you could be rad 
and we'll see you next time. This concludes our broadcast day.